What's up, my bloggy friends? Famous Ashley Grant here, and I am so excited for this episode. I know that last time I said this episode was going to be featuring Kathy Dean of Healthy Ambitions, and we are still featuring her soon. I did already get the chance to interview her, but this episode's a little bit timely, so I had to jump on it. I got the opportunity to interview Dan Morris of BC Stack, and his stack is coming out this month, so I had to just go ahead and share this one. Everything that he's sharing in this episode is actionable stuff that you can use to grow a blogging business. Business. You're going to want to take some notes on this one because he is dropping truth bombs left and right. So let's not wait any longer. Let's dive right into this interview. This is Dan Morris. I think I go by Dan R. Morris online because once I added the R, I dominated Google Images. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Before I added the R, there was like many Dan Morris's around the world that I don't know why they took my name, but you know, I guess it is what it is. I can relate because uh, my name, Ashley Grant, is just a very standard name. But when I added the famous, that's when I finally started making full-time income as a writer. So let's take it back to the old school. How did BC Stack get started and what is BC Stack? So like I said, I'm Dan R. Morris and I'm married to Rachel Rachel Marie Martin online. She runs findingjoy.net, which is this giant blog. It's got like a million followers on Facebook and uh, we've got a penguin random house deal or penguin deal. Yeah. Penguin deal for her second book coming up. Um, she, you know, she does a pretty good job on the blog. There's a lot of moms that uh, appreciate what she writes, but together we also run audience industries. Okay. And for a long time, pre COVID we did we put together eight, an eight-hour workshop. We had maybe five different, different curriculum. We called it Blogging Concentrated. And we traveled the world, really, doing workshops, doing eight-hour workshops. So I think we did 115 in Canada, United States, New Zealand, um, Europe. And um, along the way, I think it was in New Zealand, we did 14... We did two tours in New Zealand. We did 14 workshops there. Wow. And some, we mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk's name. And some, a couple of people didn't know who that was. Gasp. And, and I thought, I really thought prior to that moment that Facebook and the internet were kind of like the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you were famous in our industry, then it didn't really matter who you where you lived, you were probably in the same groups. You know, you you probably knew who the famous people in our industry were. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, that was interesting. Like, wow, you don't know who they are. So on the flight home, we were thinking about that concept that we didn't, because we didn't know who their experts were. We didn't know who their top people were. Like, do you know who the top digital marketer in New Zealand is? You know, probably not. So we decided on the way back that maybe we should come up with some sort of a project where we introduce all the people we met abroad to the people here and vice versa. was our idea. What if we could introduce our experts to them and their experts to our audience? So we started a a project that we now, or we've called BC Stack from the beginning. It was blogging concentrated, but now it's kind of like business courses. Um, We called it BC Stack. And the idea was we would take 
65 experts from around the world. We would put together one of their products um, and then we would sell them as one stack. But just doing that wasn't, didn't really solve the problem. That like didn't introduce each other. So what we did was we changed it. So on the download page, when you buy BC Stack, when you, when you get to the sales page, you'll see like, like this year, there's 65 products um, for one price. And this year it happens to be, uh, we're doing product launches. Mm-hmm. So it's like the world's largest product launch. So we have 65 brand new products launching uh, the week of June 13th with BC Stack all at once. So when you see that and you decide to buy it, which you will, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, then you go to the, you, you, what I guess you'd call it the downloads page. Mm-hmm. And normally there'd be a bunch of downloads, ebooks, and you know, stuff you could grab. But that didn't solve the mission. The mission was to introduce people to experts and experts to people. So on the download page, it's actually links um, instead of downloads. And it's like private secret links. Mm-hmm. So um, so who like let's just say it was Tony Robbins. If Tony Robbins had a new product and he was selling the product for $400 and it was TonyRobbinsProduct.com, then you could go to TonyRobbinsProduct.com and you would see there's a $400 button. But if we get him inside of BC Stack, then that $400 goes away. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the download page, you go to a private secret landing page to get that product for free because you are because you, you bought the stack. But what that does is that helps Tony Robin add you to his list. So now he gets to talk to you. He gets to, like he gets to meet a new audience. You know, you get a brand new product that's worth a lot of money. And you can learn a lot from, but he also gets a new audience that he can teach. Um, and so the real like magic of it is the filters. And the filters are, and let me explain filters, but the filters are something that you need to know as a blogger. You need to really grasp the concept of filters. Um, a filter is what makes you authentic, in my opinion. So I'm going to explain filters, and then we're going to come back to BC Stack. Let's just say that you're um, a running blogger. You teach running, how to run a marathon, you know, running techniques, eating while you run, you know, nutrition for runners, all that stuff that you, if you're a running blogger, you'd write. Mm-hmm. And let's say that you want to grow your list and you decide to give away a $25 Amazon gift card, you know, uh, just sign up here and I'll do a drawing for everybody who signs it up and you get a gift card. So this would be, becoming inauthentic this would you, you would no longer be an authentic running blogger um, because the $25 gift card isn't directly aligned with the fact that you're a running blogger because now anybody is going to come and sign up that whether they have an interest in running or not mm-hmm. um, so like if that happened on a menopause site like I would still sign up to win the $25 gift card but I'm probably not going to go through menopause so Are you I sure? Probably, yeah. So I probably <laughs> don't need to be on your email list. Okay. Like that's that's not right. So what you need to do is you need to choose opt-ins. You need to choose products. You need to choose um, memes. You need to choose uh, 
Pinterest pins that are totally 100% related to the way you monetize. So if you're gonna be a running blogger, then maybe you want to give away a 12 pack of running goo, which is this stuff that you in ingest when you're doing a marathon to give you extra energy. Um, but the only people who want goo are long distance runners. Mm -hmm. So they're the only people who are gonna sign up. Like, I, I don't need that, I don't want that. So I'm not gonna sign up. You know, like if, um, like if it was a 12 tips to overcoming menopause, like I'm not signing up for that. Like that doesn't have the right draw. It's not the right reason for me as a person to add, to, to get that email into my inbox. I don't need that 12 tips. So the filter is what you put in place to push away all of the people who don't need to be on your site and attract all the people that do. So even go back to your Twitter description. If your Twitter description says, I'm married, I, have, I love pink and I have two dogs. Like when somebody reads that, does that filter out the people who need to follow you and filter in the people who do? So if it has nothing to do with running. So why would anyone, I mean, why would anyone follow you? you what you wanna say is I run six miles a day and I teach people how to, you know, how to get the best out of their legs or how to run the best mile or whatever. And then when somebody reads it, they'll realize, oh, I should follow this person, I'm a runner. So at every point in your blogging journey, you have to make sure you've got the filters in place so that you're only bringing in the people who matter. Now, wow, that is I, solid advice. I like that. The way this manifests itself is if you go to my wife's Facebook page, which is Finding Joy Blog, you'll see 700,000 fans. But you'll also see that every single post gets 100, 200, 300 comments because the only people who are in that group are moms. That's it. Like every single day we get 150 people who, you know, press, can I join the group or whatever. Um, and I get rid of all the men. I get rid of everybody who didn't, you know, who signed up for Facebook in the last six months. Um, I get rid of anybody who doesn't look like a mom. And then I add everyone else. So now the group is full of moms who totally champion each other because they all have the same thing. I you know, it's that. like, it's like going to a U2 concert and singing the U2 songs as loud as you can because everyone around you is singing the U2 songs, which is very different than going to a bar and singing the U2 songs as loud as you can that are coming over the jukebox and looking around realizing no one is singing the U2 songs. Like all of a sudden you feel out of place and then you no longer sing. So if you have a running blog and all of a sudden 100,000 people are on your page and they're not runners and you say something and it's crickets you don't say anything anymore. There's no one there that's feeling what you feel that has those kinds of, you know, those kinds of feelings. So now you're no longer as open and all of a sudden your page gets zero engagement because no one feels like they're in the right place. And it's all because you put the wrong Twitter description. As a I love that. I love that. It's a, uh, I, uh, I geek out on software as a service products and I follow a lot of blogs for software as a service. And one of them is smarter select. They're an application software. And one of the things I like about them is they have this thing in their program called pre-qualifiers, which basically weeds out anybody who has no business on that page. And that totally just makes me think of, of like what that is. It's you're pre-qualifying the people that um, should be there, the people that actually belong in your audience. I absolutely love that idea. And it's funny, the way that you put it makes so much more sense than, oh, you got a niche down. It's like, okay, well, that sounds great, but can you please explain to me what the heck that means? So that's, I love that description. 
yeah, you definitely want to have a place. You know, even running bloggers, there's a lot of running bloggers. But then, you know, there's, here's something interesting. I, I used to do, I used to run. And then there was a point in time when I stopped running because my buddy Paul and I wanted to start doing triathlons. So I ran, right? But I was no longer a runner, now I was a triathlete. And then there was a point in time when my buddy Paul and I decided to do Ironman. So now we weren't, we're no longer triathletes, now we're Ironman triathletes. So, and we teach this in one of our con blogging concentrated curriculums, but the idea of the ladder of value, and that is that you will serve your audience for a specific segment of time in their life. Mm -hmm. And they will go on as part of their ladder of getting better at life. Um, and you need to prepare for that. You need to have agreements in place and work with other people. So for instance, the running sites that I probably looked at back then, it would have been good if they had agreements and joint ventures with triathlete blogs that say, hey, are you interested in triathlon? If you are, you know, click this link and see what my buddy Dave writes about triathlon. And then all of a sudden you become an affiliate for that guy. Mm -hmm. so now, if you're making any, you know, if you're buying anything over at that guy's site, then you still benefit from you moving your traffic on to the next thing that they need to, to do in order to get even healthier. Um, so you, you got to be prepared even Woman's Day magazine, there's a particular period of life where you get that magazine, you read it, you like it, and then you you move on. You you get into gardening, you get a garden magazine, you know. Mm -hmm. And losing that audience is not a bad thing. It's kind of what you want. You're helping people move from one place to the next. So, um, you know, even photography, you could you could become the person who just teaches filters, so that you're always looking you're always looking to find beginner photographer bloggers say, Hey, I teach filters. Can we work out something? So, you know, I can move your people to me and, you know, me to the next level or whatever like that is. Um, but make sure that when, when she says niche down, make sure you know, where do your people come from? What part of life do they come from? What were they doing before they met you? What were they doing before they needed you? And then think, how long will they need me? What is it they're moving towards? And who are the people that do the thing that they're moving towards? Mm -hmm. Who can I work with? Which podcasts can I be on? So that you're always filtering in the people that you need. You're taking them from the places they should have been and moving to the places they should go and making money on the way. All these golden nuggets dropping truth bombs left and right. So how do you even choose who gets to be part of the BC stack? I mean, was it hard in the beginning to convince bloggers to, or not even bloggers, but just experts to be part of it? Yes. And I'll get, I'll get to the back to the filters too on that. Okay. Good segue to that. So um, we like to call it the snowball of awesome uh, for everything we do is you have to start with a small snowball. So I was friends with Joel Com, and Rachel was friends with John Lee Gibbs. Okay. So we asked Joel and John if they would participate in this thing that we had with this idea that we had. And they said, yes. Um, now, how you get to a big fish doesn't matter as long as that's kind of your idea in starting out. Mm -hmm. um, so then we told everyone else, John Lee Dumas and Joel Comer are helping us with this project. Would you like to be part? Well, that just grows itself. Yep. Yes, I'll do that. They're involved. 
I mean, I'll be part of that. So when you're going to do a project like that, you know, think of the biggest fish that you know. And it doesn't matter whether that's as big as Tony Robbins or, you know, somebody smaller, but think about the biggest fish that you know and go after that big fish first, because then you can use that as the hook for everyone else. Um, Now, in my world, we have what we call a universe spreadsheet. And we do this for every client in every niche. And that is, we create a spreadsheet of everyone in the universe in the niche. Every top author who writes books about this concept, every uh, everybody on Medium who writes about this concept, everybody on LinkedIn, everybody on YouTube, like who is the niche? Who who are the people? Who are the people making the movies, the making the documentaries um, that are that are all about what I'm talking about? So then you create this spreadsheet. Here's the entire map of my niche. Here's the people writing about this and writing about this and the people who fell and the old people and the past people and the has-beens and the coming-ups. And if you have that um, and you don't know the top people, well, then you know that you're not in the top of the niche. So like, you know, Oprah knows Tom Cruise for a reason. Right. So you got to work your way there. You got to get to know the top players because how are they going to recommend your book if you don't know them? Mm-hmm. If they have the same audience, don't you want them talking about what you do? And it's kind of like, kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. So we have a niche spreadsheet and every year we add to it all, all year. I see other projects. I see affiliates for other, uh, for other bundles. Um, you know, I see, and I write them down, I add them to the spreadsheet and then we pretty much just go after them. And, and now in year seven, um, I don't need any snowball at this point. Um, we probably have 150 people who emailed me this year to ask if they could be part of the stack. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's fantastic. And I say yes to everyone um, at first. And then they filter themselves out a lot, a lot say, yeah, I didn't have time. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm aware. That's yeah. why. I say yes. <laughs> I know that you won't have time and a lot of people won't do it anyway. Um, and then when it gets closer, we're, you know, like we're a month away. So starts on June 13th. Um, so now I actually have, I think right now I have 93 and I have to get to 65. So, uh, so now I'll go through the, the process of paring it down. Um, and I've, I've been starting to send some emails out to say, Hey, where are you in the process? And I've already gotten, you know, a bunch of people said, Oh, I just didn't get to it. And then, you know, cross those people up. Right. Um, and then, then we get down to, we'll probably get down to 90. And then it's the process of actually looking at the products and anything that's not awesome. We just toss it. We just say, you know, maybe try again next year. <laughs> Cause right. it's, just, it's just not quite there. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that works. Um, but I was saying the filters concept, the best part about the stack is that it's run by affiliates. So while I do, you know, we have a big list because we've been doing this for seven years, but I only really send a couple of emails to my list about the stack. Um, and then the rest is, uh, is the affiliates. And we have, I think, around 700 affiliates. Wow. Who promote the stack. That's amazing. Yeah. And last year we figured out, and this is reverse math, but we figured out based on our conversion rate, like about 10,000 sales, right? Mm-hmm. Then we figured out, all right, our conversion rate on the page of 10,000 sales was 12%. So that means we had 86,000 people to the page. 
And then we know that if 86,000 people went to the page and usually a click-through rate, an average click-through rate on the internet is 5%, then, you know, three to 5%, then like 2.54 million people were emailed about the stack. Wow. You know, and that's kind of like how normal numbers work. And then, you know, 86,000 show up at the page and 10,000 buy. So having affiliates do it, um, it's a three-pronged project. So the first prong is, is the, the contributors. The contributors who provide the products, they get to grow their list. That's like the big benefit. For them, this is like a list building experience. Because for us, we want to connect them to a new audience. That's kind of the entire idea. And the, the way that it's perfect for them is the filters. So an affiliate in, in New Zealand or Malawi sends an email out to their list and it says digital marketing products or something in the subject line. And then that's a filter, right? You don't even open it if you don't care. And then they open it, whoever likes that, opens it. And then it says, hey, you know, 65 new products are being sold at BC Stack, you know, for one low price. And if that appeals to you, then that's the second filter. So if that doesn't appeal to you, like you don't even show up at the page. So then you make it to the sales page and then the sales page talks all about the products and the people and what's in it. And if, if that doesn't appeal to you, then you leave, right? right? If it does appeal to you, then you click the buy button and then you see the price. And if, if it's worth it to you to spend some money on your, um, you know, on getting digital marketing information, then you buy. That's another filter. Like now the list has been filtered three times plus this is a group of people who are willing to pay for this information. Mm-hmm. And then you make it to the download page. And now it's just like a salad bar. Like you go to a salad bar, you, you, everything on the salad bar, you've already paid for it. Right. But I don't like beets, so I don't put beets on my salad. Never. No, I don't. So all of the buyers, when they go through the stuff, if they don't care about Instagram, then they're not going to grab the Instagram product. Mm-hmm. But if they do care about Pinterest, they might grab the two or three Pinterest products. So now those two or three Pinterest people, those contributors have just grown their list by somebody who passed five filters, agreed to pay for this information and chose Pinterest over everything else. So they end up with this great list. So so that's the first prong. And then the second prong is uh, the buyers. They get 65 incredible products. And this year, brand new. Like if you're thinking what's new in 2021, post-COVID, post-COVID mentality, like this is the year to get it. Mm-hmm. So that's the second prong. And then the third is the affiliates. Now, it's, you know, contributors are also affiliates, but the affiliates are people who promote the product and they make the money because they're the ones who drive the, the boat. They're the ones who bring the traffic, who introduce everyone to their audience. Um, and for them, it pays their bills, it buys their groceries, it pays their family. You know, Jennifer Maker last year, she got like $23,000 in affiliate income and ended up building a new studio. So that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people that make 15000 or more in affiliate income um, just from one week. And not only that, for the affiliates, it's one week of work, right? June 13th to the 19th, emailing their list, talking about it. And we pay on the 21st. So it's, it's like a huge like summer thing. And, and you can feel the money from the work that you just did. It's not like six weeks later or, or two months later. It's like two days later. So every year it's kind of like, if all, I, all I have to do is work this week and I'll make a big paycheck on Saturday. 
I mean, we, we like that idea. I love so, that idea. I guess the fourth prong is for me, and that is I'm done that Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> then you go on vacation. Yes, I pay everyone and we're out. Like, whew, it's over. I love it. Well, firstly, you said that you never put beets on your salad. Try them grilled, and then, you know, you might enjoy it. <laughs> I've been to beet buffets. I've been to a to a beach party where they had this entire layout with all different colored beets, red, white, some were grilled, some were, and they all taste like beets. So no. That's hilarious. Do you remember in the nineties, uh, what was that show? Doug, where everybody had to get beets. They loved no. the beets. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't, I don't like beets. I don't put it on my salad. Okay. Understood. <laughs> and I didn't put chickpeas on my salad either. I mean, they're good, but they just take up extra space without a lot of flavor. Love it. <laughs> Now, what what turned me on to the to the BC stack, the reason I got it a couple of years ago is there was a product that I was already looking at. It was already on my radar and I was considering buying it, but I was kind of toying with the idea of whether or not I had it in the budget. And then I saw it show up in the BC stack and I was like, oh my gosh, like this product is normally $97 and I can get it and all these other products. So what do you say to the people that are, that are like me who are, you know, looking for, I don't want to say the lower price, but looking for value and, you know, what do you say to the people who are considering getting into these bundles and they're like, well, the only people that are ever going to sign up are the people who are cheap. What do you say to that? You mean to the blogger or to the buyer? To the blogger. So like, like take it back to seven years ago, but like even pretend you didn't have JLD, John Lee Dumas and, uh, you know, Joel on board. What would you say to the bloggers who you were trying to convince there are benefits to participating who were just worried about giving their products away cheap? So I, I get this sometimes, you know, I reach out, I reach out to a lot of people to see if they'd like to be part of I pretty much cold call everyone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get that response mm -hmm. that their product is worth more than that. You know, like they're worth more than putting their product in the stack. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't disagree, but I also know that, that building a business is not simple. There isn't anything easy about what we do and what we're giving is the opportunity to grow your list for one week. And we're using your product as a carrot. And your product should be the best representation of you. So the people who choose that actually get to see the real you. Mm -hmm. And actually, as a contributor, for the 60 days following the purchase, we do interviews on the Facebook page about your product. So not only do you get, does your audience get the product, but they also get to meet you and hear what you have to say and realize what value that you're going to add to their life. Because it's really not, it's really not the, the exchange of value that we're concerned about for this one week of 2021. What we're interested in is how do I grow my list so that 2022 is productive mm. and, and I make a lot of money. And if you think that this is the one and only product you're ever going to have, then I think maybe you're just not thinking about your business the right way because your audience needs more than the one product. Yes. So hopefully not only do you have the one product, but you see another product in the future and in your one product, you've teased the idea of that next product. 
So if you have a beginner's photography book, hopefully you've mentioned filters, you know, using filters on your camera because you know that your filters product is going to be coming out, you know, whenever. Hopefully you've already started to tease that idea. So putting your product in a bundle, um, to me, is a way to grow your world through filters, making sure that you have the right people. Now, there are people who ask me, can I put my nutrition product in the stack? And I don't, we don't, that's not the idea, mm-hmm. right? It'd become, it'd be the wrong audience for that person mm-hmm. because that person just doesn't grasp the idea of what their business is. So you need to make sure that it's in the right forum. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing you need to make sure of is that you're at the right spot in your blogging journey to even participate. Yeah. So we talk about um, different levels of, of business. The first being kind of like the infrastructure audit. Like, do you have your website up? Um, do you have your social media profiles? Do you have an email capture device? And, you know, are you sending emails? Like basic stuff. Mm-hmm. You have all that stuff in place. And then the second level is, okay, now, do you have opt-ins? Do you have different things to get people to come to your email list? Do you have ebook? Do you have a, a webinar? Do you have live calls? Do you have things that get people on your email list? And then also, do you have an automated way to reply to them? Do you already have those written? Now, if you don't have any of that stuff done, then I would say don't participate until you do. Like, make sure your infrastructure is, is right. You don't want to give... Somebody last year gave me an ebook and they just sent me the ebook. They're like, no, 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 I don't need anyone to join my list. Here, just give this, just make it a PDF download. I'm like, well, that's not the idea. That's not the point. Like, anybody can go to the bookstore and read a book, but that doesn't mean you've been added to that person's business. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's the hardest thing for us selling on Amazon is that we don't grow the business, we just make some money. Um, That doesn't help me next year. Right. You know, I'll just order an extra burger with extra money. Like I need, I need a bigger business concept. So I say definitely do the bundle idea. Um, And more than trying to join bundles, I think it would behoove you to consider starting your own. And when I say that, I, I think you should try something small. So if you're good, if you like this idea, I think you should try this. Okay. Um, on Rachel's site last year, before we started doing the Brave Basket for her site, we we sent out the question: Can you describe motherhood, like in one paragraph, to a hundred bloggers on our universe spreadsheet? Now, the universe spreadsheet is more than bloggers. Let me say that it's like the um, the editor of Good Housekeeping Magazine. You know, it's like, who, who, who has our audience is basically who it is. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting a reply from the editor of Good Housekeeping Magazine. Oh, wow. So, and a bunch, a bunch of them. I mean, a bunch of huge people. So on her site, on the Motherhood Is blog post, I mean, some people call it a roundup, but I don't. Um, we basically took 75 top, moms top people in the motherhood niche and we have their definition of motherhood and i put their name their picture the link to where they are and then their quote in a a long list and to me this is the beginning of doing a bundle 
because now I've got somewhat of a relationship with these people, even though it's shallow. I, I did ask them to do something. They said yes, and I over-delivered. Like I made it really pretty. Um, I put their link on or their description, added a photo, made it great. And I said, hey, appreciate that you being involved. Here's what we did, which opens the door for the next question, right? Which is like, whatever. Maybe you do another one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, maybe you ask, would you be willing to um, allow me to put this into an ebook with your name on the cover? like questions. So now you're, you're basically adding even more value. Now their name is in a book. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's the editor of Good Housekeeping magazine, everyone likes the idea that they're in a book. Mm-hmm. So work your way to the point where, hey, we're thinking about doing um, this bundle. Like, you know, like, would you be interested in like, you know, putting together a product? And a product can be as simple as, would you be interested in starting a Facebook group mm-hmm. and doing a one hour a webinar on a topic in the group? That could be their product if somebody doesn't have a product. Right. Um, so then, you know, if the good, you know, the editor of Good Housekeeping magazine, I haven't asked her yet, but, you know, I could come up with an idea like, hey, would you like to talk about this topic? Um, and then if she does, then I will put her in the stack. This is the, this person is going to talk about this thing. And then I'll create the group for her. And then that will be the page that people go to, to go do that. And the first post is going to be, you know, coming on September 6th at 9 p.m., right here is going to be a Facebook Live with this person talking about this topic, which hopefully the audience wants to learn about. Um, so you could work your way up to that. But then you become the expert. Like, you become the person that's helping everyone else. And then you, you also get helped in the meantime, right? Uh, so, so think about that. Like, don't always allow yourself to be subject to the whims of others. Sometimes, sometimes it makes sense to be the wind. Know, to, to make the change. What I really love about the the bundles that you have done is, I mean, like I mentioned, I, I was looking at a product and I was considering it, I was debating, and then I, I purchased the stack, but then I went back to that person and I bought more of their products. Yeah. I, I, I got excited about who they were. I learned more about them. And what I love about the bundles is that it gives you an opportunity to build the relationship. It gives you the, you know, we're all, we're always talking about in business that you got to build the no like, and trust factor. And what's awesome about these bundles, in my opinion, is that, you know, people who are teetering or, or on the fence or don't even know who you are, get an opportunity to see what you do and they get to do it without feeling like, okay, I might put up this investment and I might really regret it. And it kind of takes away some of the barriers that they may have been having. So they purchase the product and then they get to learn more about you. And then they want to buy more because they see how amazing you are. So to that end, I will say that towards the, maybe the the 6th of June, like the week before it goes live, I ask all the contributors that they have an affiliate program. And if they do, then I turn the link to their product into an affiliate link so that I become an affiliate link of theirs. You know, I become an affiliate. And for us over the last seven years, we now make quite a bit every month from recurring income from people like you who bought the stack, but then you buy something else from that person. Like we'll make a percentage of that every month going forward. So that builds up over time. So I know that when people buy the stack, they end up buying stuff from the contributors. And that's kind of the idea, right? 
because yeah. they become part of the audience. So that is like the second way that we end up monetizing the stack is, is we become affiliates for everyone. And then people who are better at me than selling an email will sell products and then we'll make small commission and those add up. They add up pretty well over the course of a year. I will say that. That's fantastic. Is that what made you branch out into another stack? Cause I, I purchased the podcasting stack as well. <laughs> um, no, the thing that made me want to do the podcasters kid was the success of BC stack. Okay. To me, to me, I would like to only do the stack once a year. That's the only job I want once a year. Okay. And I'm, we're close, but from a money standpoint, I thought, well, what if I did two? Like, <laughs> Cause I'm not busy enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I worked two months on the stack. What if I worked two months later in the year mm-hmm. and I did a different niche. And since I work for podcast magazine and I have a podcast, you know, we go to conferences um, I thought, well, we have a podcasting audience, so that's pretty different, pretty niche. So we'll start a podcasting one in October. So we'll do one in June and one in October. And if I do that every year, then when both of them get big enough, then that's the only thing we have to do every year. We'll just do those two projects. That'll be our only work. And then we get, you know, when Rachel and I got married, we ended up Brady bunching and we have 11 kids. So if I only work four months a year, I could spend a lot of time with the kids and we homeschool. So that was my idea. We'll do a second one. We'll make, try to make it just as awesome, maybe more awesome over time because it's niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll just work four months a year. That's, been, that's the goal. I love it. I love it. And the podcasting kit, I mean, the value in it was just amazing. And, you know, I've been working um, on different, how to start a podcast, you know, stories for different clients and, and the value in it. I mean, it's just, I keep saying that because it's just, it's such amazing value for what you're, for what you're getting and what you're getting access to, because some of the people that are in these, these um, stacks, you know, the, the blogging concentrated and the podcasting kit, I never even knew who they were. And, and like oh, yeah. you said, it, it totally puts you on their radar and you never might've known who they were before. And so it, it definitely fulfills the idea you guys had. And I, I just, it's amazing how such a simple idea can just turn into what yeah. it is today. I love it. So we've done, we've done one for Rachel called the Brave Basket. We do one for Spanish teachers for speakinglatino.com. Um, we do a few others and I'll, I'll tell you something about starting these. You don't, they don't make a lot of money right away. Some do like BC stack is digital marketers. Digital marketers have lists, but podcasters don't have lists. Which is a problem. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually disappointed the first year. Okay. In the amount of traffic it brought in because I mentally overestimated how much reach podcasters have. Um, and I wrote this, I, I wrote a book to the contributors and I, I wrote all the, the positives and negatives, like what happened? Here's the conversion. Here's what happened. We changed the sales page on Wednesday. You know, here's what we had email wise. Here's what we had affiliate wise and podcasters just don't have a big list. And that same thing happened with Spanish teachers. You know, we have an unbelievable Spanish teachers bundle. But if you're going to use affiliates to grow it, mm-hmm. then sometimes you almost have to spend a little time building 
teaching and creating affiliates, you know, teaching them how to do it. Teach, and then so they can work on it all year, growing their list. And then you get to use them again the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not immediate. And if you're in a niche that's not like digital marketing where everybody's got a list, then they do take a little bit of extra effort, which is not bad. And right. eventually you'll be the top dog because no one else is probably doing in your niche. Right. Um, but I will say, you know, set your sights realistically. I like that. So you offer an affiliate program, but how does it work and how can bloggers get involved to promote this amazing stack? Well, if you want to be an affiliate, then tell famous Ashley that you want to be an affiliate. <laughs> because we have a two tier affiliate system. So two tier means that if you come directly to me, then you make 50% of, you know, 50% commission for every product, but we give away $24,000 in bonus money. So like 15 levels deep. So even really small uh, affiliates end up, you know, getting some bonuses to make it even better. Um, and you get 50% of the purchase price plus the upsell, which is pre-buying next year, mm-hmm. plus the upsell, which is joining the club where we help walk you through all the products in case so you don't have so you don't get overwhelmed. So you could make I don't know, hundred dollars a sale or something. Um, and and then our second tier is if anyone who buys the product from you, like they use your link, they go to BC Stack, they buy the product, and then they decide to become an affiliate of their own then they make 50% and all that stuff, but you make an extra 10% of whatever they make. It's like a little bonus, a little sugar on top. Okay. Um, and some people um, like Ricky Shetty, all he does is bring me affiliates. He never promotes. So I think he made like $5,000 or something last year in second tier commissions. And he doesn't promote at all. He just brings me affiliates who will promote. Amazing. I put them under his name. He makes the 10% commission for bringing them to me. You know, it help us grow. They make the 50%. So if you're listening to this, tell Ashley, you'd like to be an affiliate. And then she'll tell me. And we'll, I'll sign you up and I'll reach out to you. But then I'll know to, to give the 10% to Ashley, the extra commission for like pr- putting this on. Like she's taking time to create this moment, which you learn about it. And then you want to be an affiliate. So we're going to give her 10% on top of that. It doesn't take away anything from you. You still make 50%. Um, but she makes an extra 10% and it carries on from year to year. So whatever. Oh, wow. That, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that person sells next year, you get 10% of it. That's why Ricky makes a ton of money because he's been doing it from year one. So he keeps bringing me affiliates. And one year he brought me uh, the affiliate who won. So the, you know, the, the big money. So, um, I mean, that pays for him pays every year. And he's like, Whoa, where'd this come from? And I said, dude, it was stack week. What were you doing? Sleeping? <laughs> It's like the the one thing that every blogger wishes for is passive income. And so it it just true passive income. There's only two types of passive income, in my opinion. One is iStock photo, and one is this concept of you know recurring commissions. I love it. So it sounds like everybody who can get involved in some sort of a bundle should, or if they can't, they should at least be an affiliate for it. Oh, you should maybe. So you only want to be an affiliate. If it matches the ethos of your community. If your Back community, to the filters. Yes, absolutely. Your community is digital marketers and you're teaching them something and they need to know this other stuff as well. Then yes, this makes you, you're bringing something awesome to them. But 
we have other people who are affiliates, like they have an art blog. It's all about art. And then they send an email that says, Hey, are you also trying to start a side income? You know, it's, a, it's an interesting idea, but it doesn't make it really authentic to why you're reaching out to your audience. They yes. should, be, they should really be affiliates for art things. Um, you know, because when a plumber comes to your house, like you don't really need movie advice. You just need to, <laughs> you just need to do the plumbing. Right. Right. And if he says, Hey, well, if you're interested in movies, I have this VCR in the truck, you know, like, um, dude, just plumb, you know, just yeah. do the plumb. Stay in your lane. Yes. Stay in your lane. So I, I'm curious, what is your advice for bloggers trying to make it in this content creation business? Because there's so much content that goes into the stack alone. But if they don't have a product yet, but they want to aspire to be part of a stack, what is your advice for them? If you don't know what product your audience needs, you're probably in the wrong niche. That's my first thought. There's a lot of people who will say, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what to talk about. I'm like, that's backwards. Like figure out what it is you're passionate about and then decide whether you're going to start a blog or a podcast. You don't start the other way around. So first of all, you're either passionate about something or you're not. Right. And then if you are passionate about it and you are listening to your audience, then you understand, you know, with findingjoy.net with the mothers, we totally get, you know, there's a, there's a group of women who are in a bad marriage or stuck in something. They, they lost who they are. They have lost some of their freedoms. They are married to someone who, is controlling like we understand this concept and and the fears that they have and the kinds of things that they need to talk about and we have a group for those people that are in that situation mm-hmm. uh, if you don't really truly know your audience then you might as well not do content creation um, but when you do understand the audience then the content part should be pretty easy like what is it they're frustrated about like, what do they hate? Well, they're using a plugin, but what doesn't it do? Why doesn't it do that? Why do they ask you that? They're, they, they use the Yoast plugin, but they don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. That means they don't understand the SEO. It doesn't mean they don't know how to use it. They don't get it. So figure out all those things, you know, and then don't do content creation for content creation's sake. Mm-hmm. Like, Figure out the journey that your audience needs to take. Plot it on a graph if you have to and write at this point, they're going to need this product. Then they're going to need this product. Then they're going to need this product. So you have this like flow, this funnel of, of where your people should go and they don't need other people's products. They could just stick with what, what it is that you're building for them. Um, but your, your mindset should be 100% about your audience. What is it that they need? Where do they go from here? Where did they come from? And if there's even cases like uh, if you're a if you're a divorce attorney, then in your mind, everyone should have been coming from a discussion with their husband that they're going to get divorced. Like that should be that's where they came from. That discussion brought them to this meeting. Um, but are there exceptions to that? Like if there are exceptions to that, then that could be a product, could be a book that could be a thing. Like if you didn't just have a conversation about divorce and there's another reason, then read this. Like most people don't, but there's a segment of your society, your, your group who doesn't fit and they know they don't fit. They come from a different place. Like who is that? Why don't they fit? 
Mm. makes them fit later like how does it that they melded in but why is it their starting point is different like somewhere in there is a product and then everyone goes from like running a 10k to a marathon or a half marathon like is that the case or do some people go to that titan event you know these other adventure racing events like where else do they go well shouldn't you not have a product transitioning to a uh, adventure runner you know, transitioning to a marathon, like those should be things that you talk about and you write about. So you really just need to really think through your audience. I mean, go to the bookstore, write down the title of every single book in your niche, and then go and look at a chapter. What are the chapters about? Um, what's in, the, what are people writing about that you haven't? Like, and why haven't you? Why don't, why aren't you seeing those things? Uh, and then you just come up with like, everyone's writing a book about these 11 chapters, but no one's got this right? There's your product. Um, you know, spend a day at the bookstore, like a whole day. Go yeah. to the coffee shop like three times. Every single book, read it, you know, read every chapter title. Why do they write about this? And then start making hash marks. Everybody's writing this, 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 but only one person has written about this. Like, that sounds like a product to me. It gives you a great way to, to set yourself apart. Yeah. Because, you, I mean, you can be, you have so many people who, who can be an expert, but if you really want to like I said, set yourself apart, then you need to find something that's not being served and go find that audience for it. But I really like what you said about um, basically not just creating products for product's sake. I mean, if you're going into it solely with the idea of making money, then you're probably not going to make any money. But if you actually give your audience exactly what they need or want, rather than assuming what they need or want, you might actually have some success. I will say um, when Rachel and I first met, she told me that people had been asking if her blog posts were in a book. And I said, what? <laughs> people ask me if they're in a book. And I'm like, well, why don't we have the book done? Where's the book? And people are asking, why don't we have it? So, you know, two weeks later, we had a book and it said everything in this book is blog posts, but they're in a book and we sold 3000 for $9 because she refused to sell it for 15, which is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. She wanted to sell it for seven. And I'm like, mm-hmm, 3,000 times nine. So, I mean, that was a lot of money. And just turning blog posts into a book. And now people ask for, they want her quotes. Can, can I print this out? They ask, can I print out your quote? Do you have a printable? So we actually, do I have it? No, I don't have it. We actually had her quote made into an actual framed print. I love it. $65 plus $15 shipping from China. And we sold a hundred of those. We only only ordered a hundred, but we sold a hundred of those at Christmas time. Um, And now we put printables on the site or we have been, and people buy the printables. They just want to print it and hang it on the wall by their computer, but they don't want to type it out. They just want it to look pretty. Yes. 99 cents for that. So why not? I love it. Well, and I should put in the show notes, I, uh, for GoDaddy, I did a blog to book series where we literally, we, uh, interviewed bloggers and talked to them about how they took their blogs and turned them into books. So I should leave that in the show notes for sure. So what is your advice for bloggers that are trying to, um, to come up with an idea? I mean, where should they first go? Like, I, I know we said that, that we shouldn't just create products for product's sake, but should they actually ask their audience or should they just hang out with their audience? What, what do you think? What do you mean? Come up like, with ideas. Come up with ideas for, for 
for products and, and ways to, to monetize. I mean, I know there's, there's so much that can be done, but what's the, what's the first place that they should even begin? So for me, the bookstore is big. Yeah. Go to the bookstore and look at the chapters. What are people writing about in your world? What books are missing? Really? Yes. You can do that on Amazon. I don't know. I like to go to the bookstore and get a coffee and hang out. Okay, that. I totally do that on Amazon. I've been known to like read all the the previews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do it. You can stay home. I just like to go out. <laughs> monetization. One thing you have to remember is everyone in your audience has a bookshelf, and it's got stuff on it. You know, when Rachel goes to Starbucks in a different city, she looks for the mug, the Starbucks mug that has a city name. Mm. Um, when people look for shoes they normally start with the brand that they like so you have to remember that your audience is proud and they put willing to put money behind the things they're proud about so if they're proud to be a runner they're willing to have a bookshelf of running books they're willing to subscribe to runner's world and have it on the on the desk so you have to remember that first thing is that is that they're they're proud of who they are and when they buy stuff, it makes them prouder. Like Rachel's loves to show people her Starbucks mug collection. You, you know, think about that. Rachel loves to show people when they come over her Starbucks mug collection. Now rewind to the day that somebody at Starbucks said we should sell mugs with the Starbucks logo on them. In that conversation, like, do you think people will buy them? Like somebody's asking that. Not only are people going to buy them, Mm-hmm. show them like she's proud so what kinds of things are you, is your audience want to get better at i mean do they want to play the ukulele they need a ukulele book they need a book about ukuleles to put on their on their coffee table right so think about that like go go that direction what makes them proud and create something that would make you even prouder like this is my podcast right here and for a long time um we had a blogging shirt of the month that we did through Teespring. And we sold, I don't know, 150 shirts every month. And it was, we came up with a, you know, we have one that says blog what you love, love what you blog. Um, And you design it on Teespring. uh, And then Teespring will tell you, you know, this shirt, this Hanes t-shirt plus your two color print will cost $6 and 88 cents a shirt. I'm like, great. And then it says, how much do you want the price of it to be? And I put in 17 bucks. So then we just send everybody a link to the $17 shirt and Teespring sends us the difference. So we don't have to do anything. We just created a product and it makes people proud. People are proud to wear around that. I love blog. We have one that says, I'm not a famous blogger across the front. Um, We've got, uh, we've got social media shirts. Um, We've got one that says, look up while you're talking to me because most people are on the phone. There's lots of there's lots of shirts that make people proud. So why not be a purveyor of shirts or mugs? Like you can make them all at Teespring or Cafe Press. Um, people like to be proud, and you're in the niche, so help them. Yeah. Help them be proud. Put your logo on the back. Yeah, uh, right now I'm wearing my uh, Up My Influence shirt. Um, I'm obsessed with Josh Elledge of Up My Influence, and on the back it says Media Celebrity, and that makes me feel pretty cool. And I, my other second favorite shirt is I Love Podcasts. <laughs> So I love that. Yes. So, so think about it. I mean, there's products in there. Don't just limit yourself to digital products. Use Teespring, use cafe press, 
Um, and you make money that way too, while you're making people happy. Yes. So don't limit yourself. Uh, sponsorships are okay, in my opinion. They're all right. Um, not a huge fan of sponsorships because they sort of take away some of your authenticity. Yeah. Now you're a shill for a company. But if Target wanted to, or Starbucks wanted to sponsor Rachel, we would do it in a heartbeat because Rachel writes about Starbucks and Target all the time. Right. All the time. Um, and I know that if they wanted to sponsor us, we could write about how excited they are. They finally want to sponsor her for a long time. People were like, holy moly, I can't believe they finally reached out to you. Because that wouldn't be a shield at all. It'd be, holy crap. They already know that we're 100% behind those companies. Right. So if you are going to take a sponsorship, at least make sure it's something that's authentic. Yeah, very authentic. And it's yeah. very hard when you're early and you're just following the money. Yeah. You're trying to, you really need the money. Sometimes, I mean, you don't have a choice, right? You, you right. got to pay the bills. And and nothing is overcomable in the long run. But definitely go after the people that make total sense to you. Um, and sometimes a sponsorship is almost like credibility too. So, you know, you kind of you waver in there a little bit, whether it hurts or helps your brand. But just keep that in mind that your audience is still more important than the check, even when the check is the most important thing. Right. I mean, that's honestly why I started doing the ghost blogging is because I wanted to stay authentic with the things I was doing with my name on it, but I also knew I needed to make the money. So that's why I started ghost blogging. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, all right. So we've, we've covered a lot. And speaking of like quotables and printables and things like that, you've had a lot of really amazing quotes that you have said. And I, I kind of can't wait to go back and listen to this again, because I know I've probably missed a couple of things that I want to digest, but uh, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to add? You didn't ask me. Well, BZ stack is June 13th to the 19th. It's one week. Um, and then Podcasters Kit will be in October. This year, it's the world's largest product launch. We're going to try to launch 65 new, brand new products at once for the most part. Um, and I would love for you, if you're into digital marketing, I would love for you to not only get the bundle from a consumer point of view, but I would like for you to get it from a marketer's point of view. And that is, if you have a chance to see the download pages that 65 experts have created for this product. What do they look like? What did they include? What they didn't they include? What's the subject line of their first email? How many emails did they get? Like use it as a case study. Ooh, like start so to write great. down. Like I use a, I mean, I hate to say this, but I created a new Hotmail account. And I like Hotmail because you can sort by sender. So what I like to do is sign up for stuff like this and then go back and sort by sender. And then I can start to see campaigns, the headlines of different campaigns that people sent, like what order, what did they write? How did they write it? Um, so it ends up becoming pretty good resource as well as you get the products. Um, so if you're really into digital marketing, use every part of it. We change the sales page three or four times during the course of stack week, because we're trying to improve the conversion. So, I mean, take a screenshot on, on Friday or when it opens on Sunday, on Sunday, take a screenshot on Wednesday. What did we change? And it's only going to be there for an hour. If it didn't work, we change it back. And then we try something else. So see what we changed. Why do you think that mattered? 
um, and it will always, well, not always, but <laughs> in theory, it will always improve the conversions. You know, take one Friday, the very last day, the, the conversions will be the highest they are all week every year because we've tweaked enough stuff. So see what it looks like on Friday compared to Monday. I mean, really go into it from a digital marketing perspective and, you know, don't just go in as a consumer. You're, you're trying to do this too. So that's amazing. Make it work for you. So much good stuff. Well, where can people find you on the interwebs? I'm Dan R. Morris everywhere. Facebook, on Twitter. Um, my podcast is called Tracing the Path. And it is a um, passion project. I, I grew up with Paul Harvey and Charles Kroll and Andy Rooney were these unbelievable storytellers. Um, and Paul Harvey's had this radio show I didn't care how important the meeting was. If his story wasn't over, I would wait in the car before it was over. I'd be late for the meeting to finish the story, finish listening to his story on the radio. So I decided I'm going to do that. I want to create stories that you just have to listen to the whole thing. And so that's what we, that's what I've been doing in, in my other months where we're not working on the stack is I've been creating, I guess you'd call it history. It's 20th century history, but it's stuff you don't know about things you thought you did. Um, like, did you know that um, Francis Scott Key was once a slave owner of Frederick Douglass? Did you know that? You probably didn't. No, I did not. <laughs> you probably didn't know that. There's a lot I don't know, though. <laughs> did you know that it took two wars for M&Ms to create, be created? If it wasn't for two different wars, there would be no M&Ms. Um, did you know that the Oregon Trail game is what made Apple a famous company. That's the tipping point for Apple is Oregon Trail. So we tell all these cool stories. Um, and um, I don't know, it's tracing the path. So if you like podcasts, uh, and you know, it's not a business podcast, but if you love that kind of thing, you know, come on. It's like all that Jeopardy trivia. <laughs> all yeah. that stuff you could tell at, uh, at cocktail parties. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, packed into, right now it's so much research. I only do one a month, but hoping to get to two a month. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I, I know you're very busy, but I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. And oh, yeah. I mean, everything you've said, is just, it kind of makes me want to like go re-examine how I'm doing things in my own blog. And I think that that is a good thing. It's <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I actually, since we homeschool in 15 minutes, I teach Spanish. Amazing. Two, two kids. And let me tell you this, there's a quote that we, my wife and I both like, it's in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So if I only know six more words in Spanish than the kids, I am the teacher. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank well, you so much. Hey, again, my bloggy friends, I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode with Dan Morris. Did you pick up all that he was laying down? My goodness, he had so many good truth bombs, and I can't wait to buy his BC stack so that I can do exactly what he said and use it as a case study to grow my own blogging business. I hope you enjoyed everything he had to share, and I hope you took something away from it. Until next time, may your page views be high and your bounce rate be low.